It is ten thirty two. It is May twenty third. Hey, insatiable. Love you too. And we are recording episode sixty three of the Review Zoo podcast. I am your host, Andrew McDonald. And I am Sam Harper. Okay. And if you've just joined us again and you're seeing us on Instagram, you can find us at twitch.tv slash RaptorPress or anywhere you can find RaptorPress, Facebook, Twitter, otherwise, we're there. And you can see us in a slightly nicer box than just Instagram, especially <laughs> if our battery runs out. Especially if our battery runs out. So what's new with you? Um, How's I, Memorial Day weekend going to be for you? It's going to be pretty quiet. I'm going to just do some light drinking, um, watch some movies, sleep mm-hmm. most of it away, um, mm-hmm. maybe cook something. So basically, what I've been doing the last three months, no changes. Endless cycle of uh, sadness. <laughs> or an endless cycle of being at home, and it's great. I mean, no, no, it's not. It's not true. It's not great at all. Not, so, not even a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but to be fair, in less than no time, we have awesome movies coming. Yes, they surprisingly yeah. still drop even with all you know that is going on. Yeah, yeah. So, do we talk about the two movies that are supposedly coming out to theaters first in the trailer park? Because that's how we like to start every show. Uh, or do we talk about the ones that Netflix is going to drop, which is going to make theaters irrelevant in the future? Let's let's go with the the grandpas first and go with the theater okay. ones. Okay. So I like to start uh, off with. I Tenet. think first on the list. Yeah. I like to start Tenet? off with. Oh, Tenet. you want to start off? With yeah. Uh, okay. Figured we start with Annabellum and then move to Tenet. But okay, let's let's start with Tenet. Yeah. So first off. This the main character for Tenet is um Denzel Washington's mm-hmm. son. I didn't know he had a son. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? That's his son. That's his son. I I see. And thank you for following us, Geeks Rule. Um, Jordan that's crazy. John David okay. Washington. And his is this his first movie? I don't think it's his first movie, but it's definitely one. It's definitely one. I would of the presume most it's not, but because yeah, I would presume it's not because if it is his first movie. That's a little ridiculous that your first movie as Denzel Washington's son is a Christopher Nolan movie. It, uh, I think it was Black... Uh, I think he, Apparently he was in Black Klansman. I don't know if he was the main character in Black Klansman. I didn't see Black Klansman. Uh, you know what? That sounds familiar now. Actually, that I think he was... Case. He, is the, he is the main character for Black Klansman. Still, that's a hell of a... Spike Lee and then Nolan? I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'd like to say I watched the trailer of Tenet and I have no friggin' idea what it's about. It's a Christopher Nolan trailer for uh, Christopher Nolan. It's a Christopher Nolan trailer for one of his movies, so uh, it's not yeah. supposed to Hi, make Daniel. sense in the first shot. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like pieces to a puzzle. Like I didn't know what Inception was until I literally saw the movie the third time. So, wait, which one? Inception. Oh, Inception. Well, I mean, but that felt like it had, you know, once it, I, I guess, once it got into the plot, it was very simple. So then, probably when this gets into the plot, somewhat simple. That was like, we're going to put an idea in your mind for dreams. And this one's like, we're going to change the world through not quite time travel, but time travel? So he's basically a secret agent, like some type of, like, for we don't yes. know which government agency or maybe not even a government agency. And they use an ability called inversion, which is, it looks like mm-hmm. backwards Hi, Allison. time travel, oh. but like small and large mm-hmm. kind of things where it's just like, like, so you see in a scene, yeah. he's catching a bullet because sh- it looks like he just shot the bullet, but he's, like, returning it back to where it is and, like, running up walls exactly. and, like, cars flipping and then reverse yeah. curse car accidents. So Reversing and landing on it. Yeah, yeah. This, we're, we're talking about the movie Tent. Um, it's a trailer from Kristen Nolan that just released. It's coming out in July, supposedly. If you've joined us on Instagram, you can join us on Facebook and Twitter. 
uh, by following Rapture Press. But yeah, it's it's kind of nutty looking. It looks very much like a Christopher Nolan movie. I mean, I'm imagining if things were normal, it would be very hyped and people would be looking to pay a bajillion dollars to see it. The thing is that, like, they, people really want, like, let me say people. Uh, so Warner Brothers really wants this movie to come out. Like, they're like, hey, no, this this has to be it. This this is going to be our uh-huh. our like our break back into uh, theaters and making theaters back a thing again. We're gonna we're gonna let everything get back to normal. We're gonna make you go see Christopher Nolan. Yeah, July seventeenth is like that. Like they're like theaters are gonna be a thing again, and we're gonna put this is gonna be the first movie back, and it's gonna do super numbers because not only will be it the first movie back, but it's a good movie, it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and this will unite everyone. And like, yeah, and I, I True. And to so get this and like um. Uh, yeah. In Taiwan and Taiwan and I think not Taiwan, it's Taiwan and somewhere else. They're released. They're re-releasing the Batman trilogy. So Dark Knight. I mean, so Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight uh-huh. Rises. In like literally a couple of days, weeks, two, three weeks before they release this movie, they are like seriously trying to. And get the reason? Just to just to hype everybody up. For Christopher Nolan, he's a great director. He's Warner Brothers' golden boy. He gives them. He gives them hits, and they're just like, "This is going to be another great movie, and this is going to be great, and we should do it." And you know, it it doesn't hurt that this has kind of got like a James Bondy kind of feel too. So, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess everything you said there is right. I can't argue with that. Um, I don't think it's coming out in theaters. Oh, absolutely not. I don't think it's going to make it at all, or at but... least not in the next two months. No, nah. I don't think it's making it. But I think if it does make it, um, it's going to be a hit. People are texting me, asking us what we're doing. So that's fun. And people are joining. So we'll, we'll wave at them. This is going to be a kooky um, episode. So yeah, uh, that was, it's going to be a little kooky. But hey, people are interacting. And that's what that was all about. We yeah. wanted interactions. So June 17th, that's the tentative date. Yes. Or I'm sorry, July 17th. July 17th. Yeah, we'll see. Eh. We'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so next, Antebellum. Okay, so this movie... I did not see Antebellum. Okay, so this is... Uh, this has I know Jan- it has Janelle Monae. It does. It's starring Janelle Monae, and it is work- it's worked in... It's Jordan Peele. It's another one of his Mara movies. Oh. And, yo, I can't... This... Okay, so... I This is what I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to see this movie in theaters, obviously, because, you know, with all the stuff that's happening in theaters. But even if this movie was in theaters, yes. I would buy a ticket in support, but I don't think I will see this movie until it's on VOD so I can pause and stop because this movie is going to be tough to get through. So from what I'm gathering okay, from the trailer... So describe it to me. What is it? What I'm gathering from the trailer, there's this black lady who <laughs> has a kid and she's living life and she's like, I think she's, I think an editor or something like that. And... All of a sudden, she's in a. You see her get kidnapped, and she's like thrashing in a mm-hmm. car, and then she wake, and then like next scene, she's in a plantation, like black and like in slavery time, and she's in slavery clothing, and she's with other people, and she's literally in a cotton field, and she's picking cotton, and they're just like, um, there's like the the the, the like the head of the plantation is just like. The sla- the people of the slaves of this plantation are for all the people that you need, and like it looks like a whole bunch of Confederate soldiers are like sitting at a table drinking and cheering, and they'll like, say they're here to tend to your every need. So you can kind of see what that implies, and it's just like she's now and like she got mm-hmm. put in slavery time, and from like the rumors I'm hearing, like the, what the thing is is just like people get kidnapped, like people get kidnapped and put in this place 
where they're mm-hmm. everyone is like you know like uh people who do reenactments of war i was gonna say it's a reenactment yeah of, of olden days yes but i don't oh, I? I think it's very it's one of those intense reenactments where they like because they're whipping people in this and uh People clearly, some people clearly remember what's going on, like from their past stuff. She does, and she, but it's like it's a whole bunch of trauma popping up because now all of a sudden, imagine if you closed your mm. eyes and you woke up and you were on a plantation. Jesus. Yes, yes. I mean, I would hope to God there would have been some time travel involved because if not, otherwise, it's even more fucked up. No, it is. I am almost. I'm sorry, that was an f bomb. I'm trying not to do those anymore, but yes. I am almost certain this is not time travel. This is literally. You now, you are now this. They're just like, you've been chosen. This is your life now. You are a slave. The, the French, I'm not dropping F-bombs. I'm going to be saying French and fudge and all that other junk. <laughs> but like, the what the? Very painful. Very painful to get through. Very, just the trailer. So imagine Apparently what's happening on, with the film. Apparently on Twitch, Geeks Rule is saying, it sounds like that movie where they were stealing black men. I don't know which movie that is now. I Apparently don't. there was a movie. It was stealing black men. Maybe you know what? Tell us. I probably ignored. I probably what? saw that. Saw that that movie was coming out and actively ignored it because it would terrify <laughs> me. There you go. I mean, that's a it's a terrifying thing. And, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. There are times when I thought to myself, if I get pulled over, can I fake a more European accent? I don't know, dude. Um, but there have been times I've considered. I need to know some. Okay, I'm just gonna lay it out for you, just as nice as possible. There's no, you have no child. Look, look, I understand what you're saying, uh-huh. but it still says on my, my my driver's license, you know, Andrew McDonald's, and, and middle name. You know, I'm not gonna throw it out there right now, but because you know that's how you get hacked. But I'm not gonna throw it out there. But it's still pretty uh, non-traditional. Okay. So I understand. It's very European. But anyone's gonna look at that. Like, they are. They are. But and nonetheless, just... I'm. Nonetheless, it could be worth a shot. No. Nah. Oh, he's saying the one with the sunken place. So you're thinking of Get Out. That's what yeah. you're thinking of. King, yes. King's, it's made know, by the same the person. The it's made by the same person, Jordan It's Peele. made by Jordan Peele. So there you go. <laughs> I, I'm being told that I can possibly pull off the accent. So um, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Antebellum also means, if you didn't know, before a time before a war, specifically like the Civil War. Yes. So it's, um, the, it's the good old days of the South. Yeah, I mean, that, well, I mean it was great. That, that's what, not for me, uh, not a good day, not a good old days <laughs> for my people, but yeah. Again, probably not for me, unless, you know, they took kindly to Spaniards, in which case I would also be faking that accent. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe show up in a nice suit and then you pretend to be some, you know, uh, I can't remember Zorro's name now, but um, Don De Vega or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Eh, that, that's good enough for them back then. They 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 buy it. No, nope. Don De Vega. Mm, he's from Spain. They buy it. I'm they almost certain. Better. I'm almost certain. They, the they would smack you around and they call didn't have you, the internet. Smack you around and call I you mean, Toby. They would want to. They would want to, but you know, I'm Don De Vega. I come from Spain. <laughs> so anyway, if you <laughs> want to see a movie about on. like you know that. Uh, there, uh, Annabellum. It comes it's out August twenty first. Twenty first, apparently in theaters. I don't think it's gonna get to theaters for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, but hey, yeah, potentially. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll see. So next, um, these next three movies that had trailers this week are all Netflix movies. Yeah. Because Netflix apparently spent a lot of money getting things ready for a pandemic, and now they're getting ready to release all of them. So we have three movies. I'm just going to call them out real fast, and then we'll go back and talk about all of them. Two of them I know are based on graphic novels. And I've read um, one, of one of them. You've read one of them? I've read one of them. Okay. And one of them, uh, I believe, is just an original uh, story. Spike uh, there's joint. The Old Guard, which is coming out. Jul- oh, no, no. The Old Guard is not the Spike Lee joint. But The Old Guard is July 10th. Uh, the Five Bloods, that's the Spike Lee joint, which yep. is June 12th. That's the new... And then there's The Last Days of American Crime, which is June 5th. Uh, those, the first and the third, are the ones based on graphic novels. Yes. Someone is losing audio in the Switch screen? Oh, but okay. Um... And I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. But uh, The Last Days of the American Crime uh, official trailer. Yep. And we'll have to check that if someone is losing audio. We'll check later. But yeah, uh, it's basically a world where uh, crime is basically coming to a standstill. They have a weapon that they can use that basically emits a signal. And when the signal is emitted, you stop in your tracks. You can't do anything. You can't think. So when crime is happening, they just emit the signal, stop criminals from doing what they're doing, and take them away. And there's one criminal who basically loses his brother in the trailer and another one approaches him and says, we are going to pull off the biggest heist we can. We're going to steal from the government and it's going to be the last great crime that ever happens in this country. And they're basically only stealing like $30 million from the government, but they're going to use their own weapons against them. It looks cool. It looks fun. It looks like it's kind of a crazy thing. I read this. Um, This is the one I actually read. You read this? Yeah. So Uh, let's go for it. So, uh, in the series, there's, there's obviously some differences between the actual graphic novel and the movie. For example, there, the brother thing isn't that big of a deal. Uh, it, it was, and the signal is, the, it's a little more fucked up in the comic because the signal is being broadcast mm-hmm. around, like around the country. So at a certain date, mm-hmm. every person will, will be hearing the signal, and that means no crime will happen, and it prevents them from doing any crime. It's not like they play it at once. It's, it's literally just going to be something that's being played forever in the background. And it's just going to change. Mm-hmm. It's going to change people's brain things, and they will not be able to commit crimes. So, it, in the comic, they were stealing pretty much a machine that prints money, like so they would have unlimited money to use ah. after the thing, and then and then escape America because the signal only works in America. So people were fleeing America before the official thing went off. Um, mm-hmm. I got the the graphic novel was great. It was a it was a great heist action thriller type movie, and the twist that the the twists. Were, were perfect and like the way everything ties up in the end was just very clever so i can't wait to see mm-hmm. this as a netflix movie uh i i gotta say i think i uh, as much as you can think a company i really appreciate netflix for realizing that you can make good movies and tv shows out of content that you buy from comic books and more people should freaking do that mm-hmm. like like comics can give you good stories I think legitimately we're just behind on that because, I mean, other countries like, like, okay, Korea is another example because I see a lot of their TV shows, but a lot of their TV shows are basically webtoons. They're like little comic book strips that somebody made for a website and then they get picked up and turned into actual TV shows with real actors and they're based on those stories. So, and I think we've actually jumped on those a little late, but Netflix is definitely, um, ahead of the curve they, they've that. definitely seen the light and they're they're doing it i mean just them buying um mark miller's company and doing it i mean it shows they know what they're doing quick thing a total aside peek behind the curtain sam you are recording our audio right yes why 
Good. Okay. Uh, one of the people watching us has said our stream is freezing up periodically. So that's I'm awesome. not recording the audio. And that would suck. So, <laughs> so that's uh, awesome. We should be hopefully glad that we'll uh, be there in the event something bad happens. But uh, nonetheless, so that's coming out. When do we say? It's coming out June 5th. Yeah. So that's right around the corner, pretty much two weeks from now. Something I can um, watch for and, my birthday. It's not mm-hmm. June 5th. So you don't, don't use that to try to get my, you know, get me hacked. <laughs> yeah. We'll tell you in the next episode when his birthday is. So needless to say, um, the next thing on the list is The Five Bloods, which is a Spike Lee joint. It's going to be on Netflix. It basically follows five, uh, actually four, four black soldiers returning to Vietnam who fought in the Vietnam War as older men because they basically left a treasure there. Yep. Uh, they left some money kind of buried somewhere there and they've now come Gold. Back. Yeah. Gold bars. So it's a bit of an adventure, a bit of a, uh, I don't know, reclamation um, of their past. It it looked really interesting, honestly. Like mm-hmm. It had a really cool, funky feel. Like they kind of played up some 70s music through the whole trailer. Um, it flashed back and forth between, I guess, things in the war and things that are happening now. Um, you see that their, I guess, commander at the time when they were younger men, was played by Chadwick Boseman. So he's going to yep. be in this movie. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. And all in all, it looks you know, looks like an interesting movie. Again, I, it, both of these movies look like things that could have been released to theaters and didn't have to be released to Netflix and would have done probably fairly well Yep. for summer movies. The only thing is I can't say if I... I didn't feel like I knew a lot of the, the guys acting in this. Oh. I didn't really recognize anyone outside of Chadwick Boseman right away. A lot of those are classic black actors. Like I know one of them. That's is, what I figured. Uh, one of them is from. Um, man, he's been in a lot of stuff. I, he, I don't think he was Shaft, but he might have been Shaft. Uh, another person was. Was he a knockoff Shaft? No, like, like he was. He, I think he like, might have. Like Dolomite is kind of Shaft, but not mm, quite Shaft. No, like actually, he might have actually played Shaft. Well, he wasn't Roundtree, so it was someone else. But yeah. uh, I think I didn't it, know there was more than one Shaft until modern times. Quite honestly. Yeah, um, but then there was um, he he was uh, oh my god uh, Romeo Romeo must die. He was the main. He wasn't the bad guy, but he oh. was like he was uh, Aaliyah's dad in that. I see. I totally I see. Oh god, I can't remember. Anyway, there's like uh, like I recognize them from a lot of bl- classic black television shows and movies, but mm-hmm. I do not know their name. That's one of those things where you're just like, oh, I know that guy, but it's like uh, I don't. It feels fair. Yeah, I get it. Gotcha, gotcha. Failing my people right now. Right. Failing my people. So that's coming out June 12th. Yeah. So it's another one for June. Right out. And then last we have... What's that? It's like it's just like right out. Just boom, boom, boom. They're yeah. just dropping them. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no summer blockbusters. So Netflix is going to give you summer blockbusters. <laughs> and then come July 10th, they have The Old Guard, which is also based on a comic book. Um, it's basically an elite kind of force of people who go around... Technically, sometimes it's good guys. Technically, sometimes it's bad guys. Altering the world, changing events to kind of fit a narrative they see as probably the correct uh, one. Um, but yeah, the main thing is they're all immortal. So it's a group of people who are all immortal. They can't die. They've been around for centuries. And they intervene where they see fit in the world to keep things going. And their leader seems to be played by Charlize Theron, who kicks 
all sorts of butt in the trailer. Yep. And they've kind of come out into the open again because they've discovered there's a new immortal in the world and they want to grab her and bring her in to be one of them. And exactly. He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. That's on Instagram. Um, but yeah, the, the main um, premise of this movie seems to be the idea that someone has learned of their existence and they want to capture them because they basically feel like, Hey, there's a group of mortal people. If we can find out why they get to be immortal, maybe we can make everyone immortal. And so they're kind of on the run. They're kind of grabbing this new person and training them and they're trying to stay alive and stay free. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a comic book. I've definitely meant to read it. I've yeah. read it. I've meant to read it. Read it. Recently. I haven't, yeah, read it, but I haven't gotten to uh It's on yet. my Reddit list. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, I've heard lots of good things about it. And the fact that it's being made to a movie by Netflix. Um, and it's got Charlize Theron in it. Who, again, like I said, looks like she kicks all sorts of ass in this. Um, Two things. It's on my list. Uh, one, they, uh, the old guards actually recently got another sequel like they like okay. like this, the comic series yeah. yeah on two Charlize Theron is giving me a lot of Kate Beckinsale vibes from Underworld with all the badassery but like not like in the leathery mm-hmm. type of thing but like mm-hmm. kick-assing but like mm-hmm. efficiently and like just yeah. shrugging shit off that just I would argue though Kate Beckinsale did a good job of looking badass but I honestly feel like Charlize Theron is like she just does these movies when she wants to. Like, she's that badass. Like, Atomic Blonde, all that stuff. Like, it's just like, no, when she wants to do one of these, she's going to do one of these. And she's going to make it look damn good the whole way through. I totally forgot about Atomic Blonde. If you, if people, if you haven't seen Atomic Blonde, check out Atomic Blonde. Especially if you're a John Wick fan, watch Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde was, the, the, the choreography was done by the same people. And they actually, both of them trained in the same, like, they trained by the same people as in, like, to, be, to get ready for the roles, John Wick and Atomic Blonde. That mm-hmm. movie is great. It's a great spy kill, thriller. James McAvoy's in it, and he's like fucking awesome. Yo, man, th- that was a great, yeah. great series. Also, wait, wasn't yeah. um, uh, 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 Macaulay Culkin's brother was in it, right? Uh, um, maybe. Yeah, Rory yeah, might have been. I think he was. I can't remember now. Yeah, mm. he was their like their spy master. Yeah, and and she was also in Hancock, but you know. Uh, I, yeah, well, Hancock was fun. It was fun, too. Yeah. I mean, it's another movie that you could watch if you're looking for something. It's uh, I think it was probably not as well-regarded as it might be now. Honestly, I think it's a better movie than it probably first appeared to be. Hancock? Well, yeah, once people kind of were like, oh, it's about a bum who's a superhero. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's basically it. Yeah, someone saying, yeah, she does more for her roles. Especially like from going to Monster to Atomic Blonde and all that stuff. She's yeah, she's crazy. She's just she's really good at what she does. So bad ass. I can't complain. Can't complain. Um T V and games though, I can't really think of much. Unfortunately. I know there's some games coming out this week. There was a monster uh, game called Man Eater. Man Eater. Man Eater. Yes. Man eater. I am fighting myself to not buy this for forty dollars, but I feel like it's gonna end up on Xbox Game Pass. So I'm like, I don't know if I should get it yet now or not. Mm-hmm. But you basically just pay a giant shark who's going around eating everything in this city bay thing and just it I, looks ridiculous. I, I, I gotta be Chris honest with you, I want that narrating it. Chris yeah, what? I want 
Uh, yeah, Chris Parnell. I'm pretty sure he's the narrator because he's like watching the shark, and it's like the shark is being filmed for like a nature show. Oh my god! So you're doing stuff, and he's talking about like sharks and like sharks are this, and then it it sounds really funny. And I've been seeing this game for months, and I kind of want it. Um, but I feel like it's gonna end up on Game Pass, and then I'm like, uh, I could have waited like a month or two. Uh, I could have saved my money and still played this with all the other games I have left to play. I was seeing um, like news articles about it, like on the websites, and they'd just be like, "This is the game that you need. We need it right now." Like the simple, like the simplicity of like mm-hmm. the murder, <laughs> being a shark is just the, what yes. we need right now. Like, I was just like, oh, "Just I'll check want it out. to be a murder shark. That's it. That's it. I know." No one yeah. ever goes to the movies and actually admits what they truly want when they were watching Jaws was they were rooting for Jaws. No one ever admits yeah. that, but that's what they yeah. were rooting yeah. for. They were rooting for Jaws to win. And this is this Jaws is, needs to eat everything. Yes, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so the other thing in TV that I've been needing to catch up on is The King, Eternal Monarch. Um, it's a Korean drama. It's on Netflix. Uh, it stars my boy Lee Min Ho, who's like the biggest K drama star ever. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's an alternate reality show. So basically, um, let me explain it to you. He's a child, and his uncle tries to murder him because right. his father is the king. His right. uncle wants to take over the country. Right. Tries to murder him. He murders his father. Tries to murder him. Someone saves him. He doesn't know who saves him. But when he's a boy, he pulls the person who has a name tag in their pocket. He pulls it out of their pocket and sees it. And it's this name tag of this woman who's a police lieutenant. So he keeps it for like the next 20 years of his life because he's like, this is the woman who saved me. This is their name tag. Um, at some point he realizes uh, that this thing that his uncle was trying to steal back then um, annihilates him to travel between parallel worlds. What? So he travels from a career. Yeah. He, cause his uncle breaks this thing and he leaves with half of it. And his uncle's found dead later on without the other half of this, this like artifact they have in the, t- in their, in their castle. And he has the other half um, that was left behind. But their world is like one where Korea was never conquered. They still have an emperor and an emperor. They still have an emperor and they still have a royal family um, and all that stuff. He travels from their his Korea to like real Korea here where it's like it's a democratic country. There's a north and a south. All these things happen. So it's like completely different. And the first person he ends up meeting there is a cop who's investigating because he shows up basically riding a giant white horse in the middle of like a major Korean city and this cop shows up and it's the cop who he had the name tag for. So he sees him and he's like, I've been waiting for you my whole life. So like he meets up with her and she thinks he's crazy. Cause obviously he's riding a horse and he says he's like, the king of Korea and all these other things. Uh, they eventually realize they can't keep him for anything other than he had a damn horse in the middle of the city. Uh, so he deals with the horse. He actually ends up leaving it at the police woman's house. He has no money on him, so he ends up making her take him to a jeweler where he plucks a button off his jacket and gives it to the jeweler. The jeweler looks at it and he's like, where the hell did you get this? Because it's just a giant diamond, basically. And he's got like 12 more of them on his coat. So like, by the time he's there, he's just renting out the fanciest place in Korea. He's there. He's calling this cop up. He's dining on the local cuisine. He's meeting doppelgangers of people he knows, like his head of security and all this stuff. And he's realizing, like, this is another world. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is why I couldn't find you. you you're on this world. And um, I think there are about 11 episodes in now. It comes in, like, Fridays and Saturdays on Netflix. 
But it's an interesting show because you find out very quickly his uncle's alive. His uncle didn't die. His uncle crossed over as well, outrunning you know the royal police who were looking for him after this murder. And he's now been in the other world for decades now, plotting his revenge. So the first thing he does is he finds himself in the other world, kills himself there, and sends it back. So the body is found. So they think he's dead. And they stop looking for him. And in the meantime, he's going back and forth between worlds, finding people and like helping them. Like, on this world, you're rich. And you have power and you have a family and you have all these things. On this world, you have nothing. What would you do to have that? And then he brings them back there, makes them kill themselves, lets them slip into their own lives. And then it's like, now you owe me a favor. So he's putting all these people in place the whole time Ah. for decades so that he can use them when he needs them to create chaos on both worlds so he can take over and the funny thing is again he hasn't aged for whatever reason since he had this thing and since he crossed over he still looks the same age so he's been there for like 30 years almost and he still looks like he's a you know 45 year old man he's not aging um so it's super interesting um it's again it's a k-drama so there's always a romance subplot uh it's also funny um but it's getting super kind of deep and twisty and turny. And you're realizing, oh shit, so many people are like involved with this guy and so many people are spying. And as you meet other doppelgangers, you're like, man, this, this person's nuts. But yeah, super cool. It's called the King Eternal Monarch. The King Eternal Monarch. Yeah. And it stars Lee Min Ho, who's probably, again, the biggest K-drama actor in a long time. All right. So moving on to end this too. Yeah. Talk about something for two minutes. <laughs> okay, so I do you have two or you I got two, but I mean we got two. We got a couple two. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. So my first one is the not so late show with Elmo. I Okay, so I I don't know if you know this, but I am a huge fan of the Muppets. I love the Muppets. And I love the T V shows and they had like the Muppets Tonight and like, you know, like the Muppet Show and stuff. The Muppets that was on ABC, which they canceled after one season because yes. they're haters. They're haters. Yes, well, nobody wanted to see a depressed Kermit. No, that was a real Kermit because Kermit was being was... abused. And that's why he broke up with Miss Piggy yeah. because she was physically abusing. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. It's not easy being green. Hashtag Me Too Kermit. <laughs> yeah, actually. I mean, that tells me fits. <laughs> but anyway, so the Not Too Late Show. This is the Not Too Late Show is not that. This is, this is pretty much the Muppet Show by way of Elmo's World. So basically, yeah, this yeah, is a late night show for children that's only going to be 15 minutes long. It's going to come out May 27th on HBO Max. And it's just going to be the thing that they watch before, like after dinner, but before bed. Like right when like, you're putting them to bed and stuff where you would normally be reading them a story or whatever the fuck. I don't have kids. Yeah. Andrew, you know what I'm talking about, I guess. Um, and it's, Just trying to get them to shut up. Yeah, so this is what you're going to put in your kids' hands or, like, put on this TV before they go to bed. And it's Elmo, and he has his, like, his partner in crime, uh, Cookie Cookie Monster. Monster. And he's going to, like, you know... And they have, like, musical guests, like, Lil Nas X and the Jonas Brothers. And then, like, they also have, like, like John Mulaney showing up to, like, show them, like, proper oral hygiene and, like, having tricycle races. And it's cute. Like, I I like the the whole concept of this. Just... I mean, we have late night shows. I watch Jimmy Fallon sometimes or Jesus and Merrow. And like, why not give kids late night shows? I mean, it's not going to be late, late night, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Your window keeps resizing, Sam. Someone alerted me to that fact. We have, uh, you know, stopped it from moving around more than once, but we'll see. 
You were a little big for a while there. We, we weren't seeing your face for a little bit, but we heard you. Okay. Wow. Your, you cousin, your cousin also says hello. This is a zany episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. On my side, I can't see any of the messages. It's so cool. That's okay. That's okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Anyway, we'll check it anyway. out. Second, second topic. Uh, so Peter Dinklage and Jason Momoa are going to do a vampire-themed buddy cop movie. Uh, not buddy cop, buddy movie. So basically, yeah. Peter Dinklage is going to play Van Helsing, and Jason Momoa is going to play a friendly, non-wanting-to-drink-the-blood-of-all-innocent uh, vampire. And they're mm-hmm. going to be staging like um, fake slayings so that Van Helsing can make a buck. And it just seems like ridiculousness, but they both are a Game of Thrones, and I love both of them, and I'm going to watch it. And someone put in, in the comments for this when they released this article that they should have played Twins, like the remake for Twins, and I kind of wish that that happened. That would have been great. That would have been yes. amazing. That comment actually Although is more important than the feels, movie itself. It feels slightly insulting to Peter Dinklage to be like, he got all the bad genes, and he got all the good genes. But, um, I mean, for Eddie, for what's-his-face, it kind of works works for Danny DeVito. It's just kind of like, no, Danny, you're just short and not Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're perfectly fine, Danny DeVito. You're just ugly compared to him. That's all. Whereas, yeah. you know, Peter Dinklage is like, you're fine, Pete. He's just Superman and you're a little person. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just... But yeah. I like the idea. I like... The, like, <laughs> hey, pfft, yeah. But uh, I like the concept of this uh, movie. I definitely want to... Hmm. I don't say I don't say I want to go see it like like if it was out in theaters or for for say this would be more something like if it came up on yeah. like HBO after like you know like six months after the movie yeah. dropped and I was like okay let me watch this I'm not Thanks. rushing to go see that no offense to Peter Dinklage no. or Jason Momoa because I love your stuff no. that this isn't the one of the things fun fact I'd you, have to have a really good trailer the trailer needs to be hilarious maybe the trailer needs to be hilarious and not in like a sad way more in a like this is legit funny. Yeah. Fun fact, the yeah. screenplay writers for this is wrote Freddy vs. Jason. And I love that, that horror movie. Not an endorsement. I love that horror movie. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's what they should... That's... Because that, that wasn't a horror movie. That was scary shit happening in a funny movie. And it was mm-hmm. a versus movie. And I love versus movies. They should do more horror vers- movies. Like, horror versus movies. Michael, Maybe. Like, Michael Myers versus uh, Chucky. There you go. That could work. Sure. Alien vs. Predator I would great. see it. I mean, you know, it, it was a thing. Sure. What do you mean by <laughs> it was a thing? That movie was great. Agree to disagree, but it was, it, yeah, it, it's a good idea. Execution was iffy, but good idea. Great idea. All, All right. right. So, um, I'm going to touch on... <laughs> I'm just going to touch on wrestling real fast. So wrestling, um, just two minutes. Uh, Becky Lynch, uh, former WWE champion. Uh, she's been champ for the last year. She beat Ronda Rousey, which everyone celebrated because it's Ronda Rousey. And sometimes she can be a bit of an ass. Um, she has left the world of wrestling because she's going to be a mom. And everyone is happy and celebrating this. Uh, although some people were kind of a jerk to Ronda Rousey about this, too. Um because, yeah, uh, she left wrestling because she wanted to be a mom. And 
then Becky beat her to that. So it was it was kind of oh Twitter God. was effed up that day. Yo, I didn't Twitter know that. was a little effed up that day. That's horrible. Yeah, it was a little effed up that day. <laughs> but then we find out after Becky says she's going to be a mom, that Asuka, who won the Money in the Bank the day before, uh, which is a big match where you climb a ladder and try to get a briefcase at the top of it. I know Money in the Bank. Um, but it was I extra ridiculous this year. Yeah. Well, for, for people who don't know, um, Asuka, who is the baddest Japanese female wrestler in the world. I will coach um, on that. She won. And then she found out when they opened it up that the championship belt was in there. So now she's champ, which caused her to celebrate immensely in heel fashion because she's a bad guy. Uh, acting like an ass and dancing around. And then she found out Becky was pregnant, which caused her to immensely turn into a nice person and just celebrate the fact that Becky is going to be a mom. So it was equally cute both ways and funny. Um, and then on a sad note, uh, we find out today that um, Hannah Kimura, who's also a Japanese wrestler um, at the age of 22, has committed suicide, apparently from cyberbullying. She was on the Netflix show Terrace House, which is kind of a dating show, or uh, I, I believe that's also there. Um, um, Wrestling World seems pretty broken up about it. I actually don't know her very well. Uh, I'm probably going to look up matches of hers now. She wrestled for stardom, but it is uh, kind of a sucky thing. And it makes me think twice about bitching at wrestlers that I don't like, that they suck, or they're trash, uh, because... People are people. People are real people. And even if you think it's just a character thing, they can take it hard. So it's kind of sad. Um, so that sucks for everybody. Who knows? Hana Kimura. Um, and last but not least, uh, the Snyder Cut. So HBO Max is launching uh, this week, right? This yes, week. Yeah. This week. And they've also announced that the long fabled Justice League Snyder Cut, the, the version that Zack Snyder would have released to theaters. Um, had he not had to leave uh, filming due to family problems, uh, is going to be released next year. They're spending $20 million or 20 to $30 million to uh, film some additional uh, content. I think it's mostly voice stuff. I think it came out today in a report that none of the actors are actually coming back to film new scenes, but they're going to do some more uh, voice work and you know finish special effects and things like that to release this movie. And it's going to be exclusive on HBO Max in 2021. I was a big fan of Justice League. I'm not exactly like super anticipating it. It could be better, but I feel like this would be a bigger bomb if they had dropped this and worked on this to actually have it drop at the release of HBO Max, as opposed to telling us it's going to come out at minimum six months from now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's a streaming service. People like to sign up for these for one month, watch what they want, and then cancel. Maybe this will lead to a bigger bump in their service six months from now where they get more yeah, you know, subscribers. Or maybe it'll lead to a temporary bump where they get more subscribers for a month. People watch it, shit on it, praise it, or and then leave again. Um, but we'll see. Snyder Cut. It's apparently no longer a myth. It's real. couple things. Uh, one, yes. Uh, just to fill in the box. One, he, uh, Zack Snyder announced this during a Man of Steel watch party that was on he Wednesday, did. like in the morning. I don't know what people would be doing. All right, but whatever. Uh, two, mm-hmm. there's about, uh, sources say it's about 218 minutes of content, and they don't know if they're going to release it as a four-hour movie or six-episode miniseries. 218 minutes of content. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I know there are people out there who wanted the Avengers four-hour cut when there was supposed to be one of Endgame, and that never happened. I mean, Avengers Endgame honestly felt like it flew by to me watching it. Like, it was like three hours. But best 
easiest three hours ever. The longest part was the first 30 minutes. I don't know if I felt the same when I watched Justice League the first time that this just flew by. It was. It could be because if the movie the cut's was better than I guess it could. It could be because the movie was janky. Like the movie, yes. the movie was janky, and it wasn't. There was. No, I don't. The only person I solely blame for this was Warner Brothers. Yes. And what they're trying to do. I is, mean, I blame. I blame Josh Whedon a little bit, but yeah. I I blame him a little bit, but like I don't. I think I put more of the blame on, on Warner Brothers because Josh Whedon was brought in to try to fix. What was going on? Yeah, and but he, when you put in a scene of Batman pulling a Peter Griffin, I'm kind of checked out at that point. Yes. Ah, ah, I need some bat bomb. Ah, Alfred, help. Bat bomb. Bat salts. So, ah, bat salts. There you go. <laughs> Snyder Cut coming out in 2021. Uh, look out for it on HBO Max. They have a crap ton of content, and this will probably make you want to stay more. So check it out. I know I'm buying it because shit is going to cover a lot of the things I already have. <laughs> there you go. For Crunchyroll and HBO alone, that's just. Yeah. There you go. All right. So let's uh, get to our wrapping up with our comic reviews. You had two comics because comic books actually started coming out again. Yes. And you had a couple Lord. that got released in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, you have two. Funny enough, both of them are for the same, I guess, main story, which is, uh, which is a spinoff of a story that came out last year, which is called DC Ceased. I talked about it in a previous uh, last year's podcast, and I've got to tell you, DC Ceased is still good stuff. I reread it, and... Yes. It is a great series. For those of you who don't know, uh, DCCs is what happens when a techno-organic virus hits the Earth in the DC universe. And w- what it does is anyone who's looking at a screen, which is cell phone, TV, computer, what have you, immediately gets infected with it. And you become like an undead rage virus thing that just yeah. wants to go and kill and infect yeah, other people the, with it. The anti-life virus. Yes. Yeah. Like infected in cyborg system and it just shot out to ev- the whole world. And anyone who looked at a screen, any so any person that looks at a screen automatically becomes infected. Anyone who gets, and the same zombie rules apply. So if you get bit, scratch, or whatever, you become infected. And it hits mm-hmm. 600 million people in the first shot. And then it just wipes out the place. Aquaman is running in terror because of short, like, like swarms of dead fish are chasing after him. Like, uh, super villains get a- attacked. Yeah, that actually happened. I forgot about the dead fish. I'm just trying to think of how dead fish work. Well, no, it was like dead fish in front of a screen. I don't know. I don't no, because like because like sea beast got in there and they affected them, and it was weird. Wow, oh, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, but right. a lot of superheroes died. There was this really awesome scene where like, unfortunately, Flash gets infected, and then like everyone's just mm-hmm. like, "This is it. This is how we die." Because the Flash yeah. just starts speeding around, catching everyone. And, oh, but anyway, yeah. DC ceased unkill. What I the two things I read was DC ceased. Uh, DC ceased. Oh. Unkillables and... I think you just say deceased. Deceased. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say deceased, but whatever. Deceased, Unkillables, okay. and Deceased Hope at World's End. So Deceased, Unkillables is a three-part series that takes place literally uh, like in the middle to end of Deceased. Uh, it's mm. basically from the point of view of a lot of the crim- uh, the villains, supervillains, mostly Deathstroke yeah. and... Um, Jason Todd. And Jason Todd. So Jason Todd, yeah. like 
he comes into the Batcave. He sees all the stuff that's happening. He's trying to figure it out. He's Luckily, he was saved and stuff. And Deathstroke gets infected, but then burns it off. Because apparently his healing factor helps He's him. He's got a super healing factor. Yeah. yeah, and it helps him heal through it. So it's them, like, like I'm not going to say how, but they end up finding a safe ha- har- harbor. But then they have to leave it because of an unexpected invi- uh, uh, person dropping by. And then they end up all to get, like, most of the villains, him... Jason Todd, Rose, uh, uh, Cassandra Kane, which is the only hero in the bunch, yep. Commissioner Gordon, and like like Bane, Shiva, and Ch- Cheetah all end up in an orphanage with forty three li- young kids, and they all have to like work together to keep themselves safe during the end of days. And mm. it's I I have a thing about found family um, comics where like people who don't really like each other come together. And become a family, and that's this is what this is. It's actually really good, very brutal, and also very beautiful. I don't get to see Commissioner Gordon and Deathstroke hang out and talk, and this was really good. This was sure. this was really good way to see all the villains. Um, I'm not gonna tell you how it ends because that's a spoiler. But I will. It seems s- like it ends ready for another spinoff. So there is gonna be another spinoff, surprisingly oh, enough, and go. I'm gonna read it too because. Tom Taylor, who wrote DCC's and this, uh, DC, uh, DC's and DC's Unkillables and DC's Unworld's End, he's doing a great job and he's got another one coming. I'll tell you after I finish the next review. Uh, but read Unkillables. Hopes at World's End is another series that's happening at around the same time. It's taking, it's going to be like almost like an anthology series and it's digitally only. So it's DC, uh, DC and Marvel both were releasing digital only content while they were still trying to not, re- when they were still not releasing physical mm-hmm. books. And one of them, this is one of their titles that are being released weekly. Uh, the first issue, it was the, from the point of view of Jimmy Olsen, as he the, basically when the Daily Planet got hit with the wave, he was one of the few people that survived and was able to get some people to safety. And basically it was him taking photographs of what happened during this time. And like it was almost giving it like a, like a war journalist's point of view of it. Yep. And uh, it's kind of haunting. It's like... He, he's as someone who knows Superman, he actually sees Superman go through one of the more heartbreaking moments that he has. So it's it's interesting, but don't read it until you read DC Deceased. I'm getting confused. DCC yeah. Deceased because it covers that. Um, and lastly, in regards to Deceased, there's another another comic that's coming out later, which is going to be called Deceased Dead Earth. Um, Dead Planet, which takes place five years after the. Uh, wow. After deceased, where okay, so a slight, a slight spoiler and deceased. Some of the heroes leave the planet because that's the yep. only way to survive. So this is mm-hmm. five years after they leave the planet because they hear they get a certain signal, they they get a signal from somewhere and they they're coming to investigate. And so new heroes, old heroes, and they're all gonna come together. And there's a a lot of loose ends that haven't been tied up, and a lot of horrible things that could possibly go wrong when it when that uh. Mm-hmm. When they all meet up again. So, uh, you know, uh, I can't wait for that. Again, Tom Taylor, he is doing a great job. If you didn't know what he also did that like, I should have realized immediately, he wrote Injustice. The Injustice comics. Oh. Oh. Well, then never mind. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, Tom Taylor did a fantastic job on Injustice. He created this whole comic book world where Superman goes crazy. And he ran for about five years and different spinoffs. And then, they, of course, you know, they made a game before the comics came out and this comic series is probably just about as popular as the game in some respects uh at least for a book so yeah if he's writing it i didn't even realize he's writing it so yeah that makes complete sense why this is so good 
He yeah. knows how to write an alternate universe, DC universe, and make it compelling and something that everyone wants to read over and over again. So, but what's important yeah, is makes... he still gets the characters right. Like he gets the characters. Oh, yeah. He knows yeah. how to get the characters right. Like this is what I would. That's exactly what I think Jason Todd would do in a situation like that. That's exactly what I think Deathstroke would do in a situation like that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I think Commissioner Gardner would do. Commissioner Gordon would do in a situation like that. Like he knows these characters well. I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because some people write hot characters and you, they don't yeah. get the character. They right. write them the way they want them to be, but not the way they actually are. So. Cough, cough, Bendis. Yeah. Cough, cough. <laughs> I mean, cough, cough. Bendis tries to do that. Bendis will do that with the the small characters for the most part that nobody cares about. And then by the time he's done with them, you typically will care about them. Did you see what he did in Leviathan? Leviathan Rises, uh, Leviathan, uh, Levi- <laughs> Event Leviathan. Did you read to Event Leviathan? I did. Batman and Damien. They did not seem like Batman in that series. Batman was That's actually very true, un-Batman-like. There was there was a lot of speculation. There was a lot of speculation that wasn't Batman. But I agree. Yeah, but end up it was Batman. It was never cleared up, but there was a lot of speculation. I know there was a lot of speculation. It wasn't, but it probably was. It, it felt more like I, Dick. I, don't know. I, I can't explain that. I can't explain that. But his lowest lane is good. his Clark kind of feel is pretty good too. So uh, it, I can't explain that one. That was a. Um, but going on to some more DC talking TV, Harley Quinn. Um, so everybody knows when this show first started airing, I wasn't sure how to feel about it because it just felt like it was a little over the topish. It still feels a little over the top sometimes, but the last three episodes of Harley Quinn have been interesting. Um, basically, in episode se- uh, episode six, Harley and Ivy are in a bar, and they basically discover a bartender who they believe probably is the Joker. Um, but ever since the fall of Gotham, where Joker was running things in the first season, and he was supposedly presumed dead, no one's seen him. And now, at this point, he doesn't have any memory of being the Joker. He looks like a normal person uh, and doesn't seem to know them at all. Uh by the end of that episode, they figure out he is a joker, but he has no memory of any of this. He lives with his girlfriend. He raises her kids with her, and they're just going to leave him alone because he's not the joker anymore. The main part of this episode, though, is a flashback of how Harley first meets the joker in Arkham, first grows to care about him and love him, but also at the same time, how she first meets Ivy. Um, and so it kind of shows you how their friendship develops and how they became friends in the first place. Uh, the second episode... Okay, yeah. So the second episode, um, I'm sorry, the seventh episode. The seventh episode takes place from the end of that one where Two-Face is looking for them, finds them, gives them to Bane. They have a trial. Bane throws them in his new prison, the pit, which reminds him of his home when he was in prison in Santa Clara or whatever it was, Santa Prisca. Um, so they're now stuck in a pit with other prisoners where they're going to learn how to be better people and go through workshops and seminars and things like this that Bane is trying to put them through. But also, he has his one rule where you have to make your your, your stinking bed every day or you'll be punished. Um, needless to say, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get out of it because they're like, I can't can't get out of this. There's nothing here. There's no plants. There's no way to do this. Um, there's nothing for us to escape with. Uh, so Ivy's main plan is she's going to do, because they're having a talent night, she's going to do a stand-up set that will cause the audience to riot. And they'll use the riot to escape on George Lopez's helicopter because George Lopez is headlining this talent show and he's going to be opening for all the acts. What? Yes, George Lopez. Yes, yes, George Lopez, the the comedian, is on this show and he's going to be in Bane's prison performing a stand-up set. Is it being voiced by actual George Lopez? Yes, it's actual George Lopez. Ah, yes. 
So needless to say, Harley's working on a stand-up set. She forgets to uh, make her bed. Bane punishes her by telling her she can't do her set. and She has to stay locked to her room while everyone's in it. So she tells Ivy, do you have to do my set? You have to do my set for me. Ivy is terrible at doing the set. She is unable to make the audience right and to steal George Lopez's helicopter. Um, uh, Harley eventually escapes by beating up her guard. Uh, a former Arkham Asylum guard named Cheryl, who is now on Bane Juice, uh, has to beat the hell out of Cheryl. Um, but yeah, uh, Ivy basically starts just talking real talk and almost therapizing herself on stage. And her actual real talk about what she's going through and how she feels like her life was finally coming together, how she had finally met a guy she wants to marry and Kite Man, because they're engaged. And um, how everything in her life seems to be going well. And now she finds herself in another pit where she's been all her life and she can't get out of the pit. But all this real talk with the audience makes them realize, yeah, you know what? We're in a pit. Let's get the hell out of here. And they start to riot. So then Ivy and Harley try to use this moment to get out of the pit. Uh, Bane catches up to them while, and tries to drag Harley back down. Harley realizes, you have all this stuff going for you. You have to let me go. So she lets herself go so Ivy can escape, and she's falling back down towards the pit. But Ivy, now high enough to get access to plants, uses plants to get back down to the pit, save Harley, and pull her back up. They escape the pit. They're laughing. They're hugging. They look at each other, and then suddenly they kiss. And we've lost our stream on Instagram, but that's okay. But uh, yeah, so suddenly they kiss, and that happens. And now in the latest episode, um, Harley is weird. <laughs> Ivy is not, because Ivy is like, you know, we'll spur of the moment. We just had this thing happen. You know, and I don't want it to be weird, you know. Are you fine? Are you okay? Is there a problem? Um, and, uh, you know, she's like, no, no, we're good. We're good. I'm, I'm fine. There's no problem. Um, while Harley most definitely wants to talk to her about this, Ivy is also focused on the fact that she has to go meet her fiance's family for brunch before they get married. Kite man's parents. Uh, in the meantime, Harley gets an army of parademons to take over Gotham because Gordon is finally going to get Gotham re-entered into the United States because he's taken down all the criminals. And the only one left to take down is Harley Quinn. So they're both preparing for war against each other. Um, it's a very bloody, crazy fight, which leads to Harley and Ivy talking, because Ivy's like, you don't want to do this, right? Because, like, this is kind of crazy. This is a little over the top, even for us. Like, it seems a little much. And when she's really about to finally tell her that, like, this is all because I can't deal with what happened with us, and I've been thinking about you, and stuff like this, Kite Man shows up. And, you know, Ivy and Kite Man get a little lovey-dovey again, and she realizes she can't tell her right now because her friend is very much in love with Kite Man. So that's where the episode is off. I like Harley Quinn right now, and I understand that Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, you know, are supposed to have this this relationship, this on-again, off-again relationship, but I kind of feel really bad for Kite Man because Ivy really likes him, and he's Kite Man. Hell yeah. I love Kite Man. I kind of don't want him to be heartbroken and have this all happen to him now. <laughs> He's trying so hard. So we'll see where it goes. But it's it's gotten interesting. It's gotten real. And um, yeah, it's uh, Harley Quinn. It's probably it's far better than I could have ever imagined it. But even and you know even Kaylee Kuko's voice, which took me a little while to grow on me, is growing on me now. And she is very Harley Quinnish. At least kind of modern Harley Quinnish, I feel like. Yeah. 
So Harley Quinn. The series looks great. And um, it's it's a crazy series. It's an it's an insane series. Does she still have her crew or no? Well, some of the crew leave after this. Uh, Doctor Psycho is out because he was all about them taking over the world with these parademons today, and her like kind of reneging and like sending them back because she's like, I don't want to kill everyone like this. That's like he's like, yep, nope, I'm out. F you guys. So he wasn't having it. He wasn't happy. All right. Well, mm-hmm. poor Captain Psycho. Yep. All right. Uh, so, uh, Solar Opposites. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Solar <laughs> Opposites. Remember last podcast where I was just like, hey, you should totally check out Solar Opposites. It looks really funny. It's made the by Justin. Yeah. One of the co-creators of Rick and Morty? Yeah, Justin Roland. Uh, Roman, Roman, and, um, can, I, can I say one thing? What's up? I watched the first episode. All I watched. Okay, here's where it's going to get funny. Guess what I watched? Did you watch? The first episode. <laughs> I could not get through... I could barely get through that episode. That shit was not funny at all. It was actually kind of painful. I got through it, but I was just like... Hmm. This isn't funny. Animation style looks like Rick and Morty. Not quite the same thing, though. Yes! Hmm. I was... I, I, I feel bad for you just to... I'm, I'm sorry. I, this, I feel like I bashed you because I really like... You're Rick, and I like Rick and Morty, and I love the work that you do in that. But this, this ain't it, Papa. This ain't it. This is bad. This is bad TV. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it became very clear to me watching it. Oh. So. Dan Harmon's. The funny one. Definitely, definitely important one on this team, huh? <laughs> yes, he is. You could. Yeah. Like, I look, the jokes weren't hidden. His, uh, he was basically doing Rick's voice, but in a different way. Like, he yeah. just, instead of doing the burping, he would just, like, sub words out. Like, you know, like, kind of a weird stutter sub word. Uh, yeah. The jokes uh, were, I gotta say it again, the jokes were not hidden. I was just watching this just really, because they, you know what it felt like? They were trying to be, like, uh, they were trying to be the Futurama to their Super, uh, to their uh, yeah. Simpson, yeah. and it wasn't coming off, like, any of it. Well, it's like what we said. It came off the Cleveland show to the family guy. You know what? I think you're insulting the Cleveland show. It's a little insulting to the Cleveland show, I know. Because that got at least at least two seasons. And I, I don't I don't know if this is getting any more. It was not good. Honestly, I'm probably gonna give it a try for an episode. Maybe it gets better. But Tell me how it goes, because I'm not doing it. I First when I it, it took me three days to get through that first episode. I I stopped. I like I watched the first fifteen minutes. And I was like, I need to take a break. I can't. Isn't it only thirty minutes? I took <laughs> like when it got to the point where like they were just uh I guess they were tormenting the person in the mall for proving for them proving mm-hmm. that the guy was real. Like at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't I don't have to do this. I I don't self harm. Oh yeah, I don't that, have to do this. that uh that which McCall. Uh, fun oh, bucket. Preacher. Fun bucket. Yeah, that that was painful. That was rough. It was very painful. This is bad. That subplot was rough. That yeah. was bad. All of it was bad. Yeah. The, the B plot, the A That's... plot, the inside jokes, the th- the reoccurring yeah. jokes that they're clearly setting up for the future. All of it's bad. Just, yeah, we've probably said enough about it. It's bad. We've said enough about it. It's it's it wasn't good. I don't I don't know what he got paid for that. It might be too much. 
Might be too much. <laughs> I don't know, Hulu. I don't know, man. It's Got not it. Rick and Morty, guys. So. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Uh, let's just drop it. We leave it. We're not going to yeah. get. This is. No, we're never going to get to. No. We're never. No, probably uh, not. Probably it's not. Okay. It's fine. I can live with it. I'll, live with it. I'll watch some more. Maybe it gets better. Tell me if it does, because it ain't going to be me. Uh,. Do you want, funny enough, do you want to end it while re- recapping the latest episode of Rick and Morty? Yep, we'll do that. But you can go with bill- Billions first. Uh, billions, okay, so, like, if you watch Billions, you know Billions is awesome. If you don't watch Billions, Billions is awesome. You should check it out. Uh, so, what recently happened was, I love this episode. It was, Bobby was, basically his son tried to, so... I, like Bobby's the main, the billionaire guy in the character. He's mm-hmm. the billionaire that's on billions, and his son is I want to say about like fourteen, fifteen, and he tried mm-hmm. to mine cryptocurrency in his dorm room. Like he tried to create a giant, massive Bitcoin so he can multi mine, yep. not Bitcoin mine. So he was gonna mine multiple different cryptocurrencies and then bring it into Bitcoin. And of Too course. Smart. Of course, he didn't, you know, cross all his T's and dollar his eyes, and he not only kicks, knocks out the power for the entire prep school that he's in, but also everything in the surrounding town. So he's getting kicked. Seems a bit much. Yeah, no, he fucked it all up. And Bobby's yeah. like, he's because so basically he he's used to bullying or bribing people out of it, and his and the headmaster's just like your son's expelled. And he seems to be a decent human being. Like, he doesn't have any vices that, that he can use or things to blackmail him with. But so, and Bobby actually kind of feels weird because he's like, I don't know if I want to, like, you know, should I be saving my kid from this? Or should I, you know, let him mm-hmm. deal with his own consequences? Or, you know, and at the end, he decides to go full monster. He blackmails the, uh, the headmaster with information that he finds about basically him saving people and using that and making it into a negative light. Cause he like he he got like uh, refugees, and he like he he mm-hmm. he stole he misappropriated funds from the school to basically bring refugees from another country to in America, but they were staying at his house and cleaning. So he was just like, you basically have slaves in your house. So haha, you're gonna I'm gonna blackmail you with this. And he gets his school son yeah. reinstated back into school. Not only that, gives an epic speech of pretty much pretty much uh, like the Wall Street Gordon Gecko greed is good type speech. To like all the young mm-hmm. youth and things like your headmaster is lying to you, capitalism fucking rocks. You gotta be a fucking predator and kill all and just you know be great and take what you want kind of kind of speech. And all the kids are like, yeah, and like Gordy's like, yeah, and he's just like, I'm out. And it's just it's you wanna like you know reinforcing. I think they're really trying to do up Bobby being the bad guy again. Like he's not like like I normally see. he's the bad guy you cheer for because he is technically breaking the law. Like every episode, but like you're like you're cheering for. Mm-hmm. I think they're pushing more towards him being again. He is the bad guy. This is the same guy who arranged to have a whole bunch of people get stomach poisoning so he could dr- tank a stock so he can make money off of it. Like so to piss up to like to ruin a person and like the last season, he literally arranged to a whole bunch of people to randomly around the city to get food poisoning just so they would tank a stock so we can make buckets of money off of it. But I see. Great episode. Wow. Uh, if you love billions, if you don't love billions, check it out anyway. Uh, That's uh, okay. Yeah. That's a little bananas. It is bananas, <laughs> but Rick and Morty. Sure. 
Okay, so this is the vat of of acid episode? Yes, that's what it's called. Do you want to go to the Uh, recap? I mean, Rick apparently owes some people some money, some jewels. And so because he can't quite pay them up, he decides to meet them somewhere where he can have himself and Morty fall into what appears to be a vat of acid. And they'll think that they're both dead and stop looking for them. Um, the vat of acid is not really acid, but it looks like it. So they fall in, and then Rick releases a small container on, in the acid, or the the acid, the pseudo-acid, that um, releases bones. So it looks like their bones float up. And the killers are like, oh my god, they're dead. Look, there are bones. It must be acid. And they're like, well, wait a minute. How do we know it's actually acid? Maybe we should throw this mouse in there. So they throw a mouse in, which Rick has prepared for. He's got a laser gun, so he shoots the mouse underwater, so it floats up, and it's now acid. It's bones, too, and they're like, whoa, it must be acid. But now the the, the criminals are having a bit of an existential crisis because they've seen two people become acidified, so they have to sit here and talk about it for a little while. While Rick and Morty are underwater basically sucking on oxygen so they can stay under there longer. And they're listening to these guys talk, and he's talking for a while, and it's a bunch of nonsense. Something gets tripped up and it releases too many bones. It's like, where are all these bones from? This is kind of crazy. That's too many bones for a person. We need to call an expert. So they're going to call an expert to come down and check the acid, at which point Rick's not pissed off, or Morty's pissed off because he's like, stupid idea. And he just kind of pops up out of the acid and shoots them all. So they're dead. So they can go home because, you know, Morty thought this was a terrible idea all the time. Um,. Needless to say, this leads to them going back. They're pissed off at each other. And Morty, I guess, goads Rick into building something he thinks he can't build, which is like a universal save point. So Morty can hit a button on a remote control in real life uh, and then do something. And if it ends up poorly, like he dies or gets massively hurt, he can restore it to the point before he did it, when he hit the button. So Morty now has a save point for life. He can do all sorts of things and do the most every time and do them right. See Morty jumping over things and falling into stuff and doing all sorts of daredevil things and shooting guns and driving recklessly or talking to a girl and getting her to like him. And that seems to be one of the subplots where he opens the door for some girl on the street and they get to chatting. And now we see Morty go through several months of his life. He's dating this girl. They're having a great time. He's meeting her family. They're having arguments and fights, but they make up. They do all this stuff. They finally decide to go on a trip together. Their plane crashes. Now they're stuck in the middle of some snowy mountains. They're trapped there, and the only way to get safety is for Morty to get back to the to the plane and get to his bag, which flew out, which has the remote control. So he gets back to his bag. He does all this walking. He nearly dies, but help arrives. It saves them. It saves everyone. Everybody's happy. Morty and his family get back together. He's there with his girlfriend. She survives. Everybody's good. And then his dad finds the remote one day during dinner and hits the button. And it restores Morty back to the moment when he first meets his girlfriend. To which point he runs up to her and he's, you know, frantic trying to tell her stuff. And she looks at him like a weirdo. He falls down and he hits the save button on his controller. And now he's stuck in that moment where he falls down after she thinks he's a weirdo and doesn't want to talk to him. And he can't unsave it. So he's just trying repeatedly over and over. And it's just like, no. Don't forget, she sprayed him with mace. She did spray him with mace. But I mean, he was a weirdo. Yeah. Probably saying all sorts of crazy stuff about their life together. She sprayed him with mace. And crying at her feet. Yeah. So he fell because she sprayed him with mace. So he kept kept replaying him falling after he'd just been sprayed in the face with mace. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's a it's it's a bit of that's the last bit of fun he has with that remote control. Um, needless to say, he gives it back to Rick, and Rick's like, "So you had fun?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm just kind of over it." But Rick proceeds to show him that this remote did not work exactly the way he thought it worked because that's that's impossible. And Rick then proceeds to show him that every time he played with the remote and you know saved and restored for no reason, a random Morty throughout the multiverse basically turned into goo, and just died. Or but Rick has a way. Yeah. He he what. To clarify, it wasn't just they yes. turned into goo. He was taking anytime something bad happened to Morty, he was taking yes. that Morty out of time space and actually forcing that into him. So if he got shot in the face, that extra the other Morty got it, died, and mm-hmm. then he came in and replayed it. So he was yes. just taking people out of different time, every different parallel universe. Yes. And making them suffer it. Yeah. 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 So needless to say, Rick is like, I can fix all this so that it doesn't have to happen to have to happen. But you got to do something for me. Because at this point, um, like I think all the timelines or whatever, everybody is basically pissed off at Morty and all the things he's done. They somehow now know everything he's done. He combines all of them. them. Yeah, he combines all the timelines. So everything yeah. that Morty did while saving is now in one timeline. So every single yeah. thing, and everyone has memory of it. Yep. And at that time when he comes in there, there's literally uh, the, the army, the FBI... Uh, the Me Too movement, black people, yeah. uh, uh, disabled people. Like, he's offended. Like, I don't, we don't see he's all offended of, everybody. But he's offended or pissed off or threatened or stole from multiple everyone. people. Yeah, just everyone. So Rick's like, I got a way for you to get this out. And he has basically another vat of acid sitting there. So he's like, Morty, you got to hop in there and make everybody think you died. That's the only way you're going to get free from this. So Morty is just pissed off and he. Does it? Hops in. Same thing kind of happens again. Of course, after he hops in, you see that his girlfriend also runs up, the one he's been was spent all that time with, and she sees him fall into the acid and runs away crying. So it's like clearly she remembers their time together and was coming to make up with him, but now he doesn't know. So it's just another missed opportunity by Morty. But yeah, Morty's in the acid, and you know, stuff eventually goes sideways, and he ends up having to kill a guard too because. Some guard is like, how do I know this is really acid? And it just ends up poorly. And then Rick reveals this is not even their Earth. He had all this set up on another Earth because he didn't want to screw up theirs, kind of. So they go home. And it's Rick and Morty. It's and it works 10,000 times better than Solar Opposites. It, like, <laughs> you know what annoyed me? is just that you saw this bit coming. You knew yeah. that something was going to happen and it was going to cause Rick to, like Morty to like lose all the shit that he built. Because there's no dialogue in this. And this is all happening. No. And you're just like, okay, yeah. so something's going to happen. And they go through a, a whole thing. Like a good yeah. six, seven minutes of content just for him to lose it all again. And then mm-hmm. here's the extra fuck by Rick because Rick can't take shit. He, no, he yeah. has to beast. So Yeah. Mm. No, he's he's got to prove a point. He's going to prove a point and make you feel bad about it. Yeah. But um, it was rough. It was rough. But it was a good episode. Yes. Unlike it being rough and being Solar Opposites. Oh, it was God. not a good episode. Maybe that's the name of the podcast. Episode 63. Don't watch Solar Opposites. Or like, ugh, Solar Opposites. I don't know. You need that sound effect. I, I don't, like... Like... They always say there's no press, 
That's bad press. <laughs> yeah, the people who said that was before this time period, before social media. So no, thank you. I mean, we're not talking. You're not calling his name out. We're just saying, you know, this show. I mean, we've already talked smack about Gilmore Girls. I don't know where else we can go from this. You know point. what? Sure, why not? We we'll be the smack talking boys. That's how it is. I mean, they. We we've already called it. They are terrible people. So I don't I don't know where else we can go. The Gilmore Girls are awful. The only way we can go is up. Yes. Yes. When when they go high, we go low. And when we go low, sometimes we go high. More often than not, we go straight through the middle. So we go forwards, not backwards. Upwards, not downwards. Words. And not and constantly and twirling. 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 Twirling towards constantly freedom. Twirling. twirling towards freedom. That's that's what we do. That's how the reviews do rolls. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we wrap it up. Yeah. So this has been episode 63 of the Review Zoo. I have been Andrew McDonald, and I've been joined again by my amazing co-host, Sam Harper. Hey, hey. If you'd like to hear more from Sam Harper, he appears on not one, not two, but three shows on the Rapture Press Network. The second being Totally Original Geek News Podcast with Edlin Gerard, and Four Minutes to Save the Show which is just Sam alone telling you the things you think you should know that day of the week that he's recording in four minutes or less, sometimes five, but mostly four. And of course we have Mike and Mike go to the movies, which is a bit of a misnomer because they don't go to the movies anymore, but Mike and Mike watch things that are movies and tell you all about it. There's also the Jeff Goldblum podcast, the complete works podcast, which is Mike and Mike watching Jeff Goldblum movies and they're not stopping until they're done. So they got a little bit of ways to go. His entire filmography. The Earth, his entire filmography. Give or take maybe a few at the end where they just have given up faith and hope in humanity. Like they did with Nicolas Cage. But most of it. And of course there's Reclaim the Earth, which is Cheryl Guarnio. Motivational speaker, businesswoman, life coach. And she's uh, also out to save the planet. But last but not least, our new podcast that launched last week, which had a special episode on this channel with the reviews new, also on 4 Minutes to Save the Show, also on Tognip, Totally Original Geek News Podcast, which is Kickstart My, a crowdfunding podcast, uh, where we talk to Kickstart or Indiegogo people, people looking to raise funds for their projects, whether it's movies, comics, short films, video games, etc. And we get the dilly. We find out what the hell they're talking about, what they're trying to show off, and why you should donate to them. Our first episode is with um, a director. Her name is Delphine Batier, and she is showing off her short film, Welcome to Oneg, about a supernatural fast food restaurant. And when you hear this, it's probably got somewhere around a little over two weeks to go. Uh, so you can check out that podcast. You can check them out again on Indiegogo. Welcome to Oneg. And see if you want to donate some cash. Anything I missed, Sam? No, I think that's it. So, like I said, it's almost midnight. We're going to wrap this up. We will see you guys next time. One.